Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Bryn Wise, and you are listening to the Grace Mama Grace podcast. I am a mom who struggles with mom guilt, and I am working tirelessly to overcome it. It is my mission to help you remember that you are enough, exactly the way you are. You are the mother your children need, and you are perfect as a mother just because you love your kids. Let's do this. Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. Okay, so I am super excited and humbled and honestly a little nervous to chat about this topic today. And I honestly, it was another one of those times where I was like, I have no idea what needs to be shared. I have no idea what needs to be heard. I have no idea what I'm going to talk about today. And it wasn't until honestly just a few minutes ago that I was like, okay, okay, I know exactly what I need to share. So for those of you who may or may not be following me on social media, you know that my dad passed away. Um, basically, what happened is he is he has never really been in great health. He is a two-time stroke survivor, and he has survived three heart attacks in the past. And he was only 57 when he passed, but he's been in poor health physically, mentally, emotionally for a really long time. And my parents are divorced and they've been separated for 20 years now. And he's been alone for, for 20 years. Um, he lived for a period of time with his brother. He lived with roommates for a little while. He's had great friends and support that way. But about two years ago, his health took a turn for the worse. And we, me and my sisters, decided to put him in an assisted living home because he couldn't live on his own anymore. And he did okay there. He did all right. But then about a year of living there, he he needed even more help. And so we decided to put him into a nursing home where he lived for the remainder of his life. And we kind of knew this was coming. We kind of knew that he would die young, that he would die early. Even his brothers said, you know, we we kind of always expected that Tracy would be the first to go, but we didn't necessarily think it would be so soon. And although it's not necessarily a surprise, that doesn't mean it is any less hard, you know? And I truly, truly am so thankful for the knowledge that I have that this life is not the end, that I will see him again, that he is resting with our Savior, and that he was able to have a beautiful and joyful reunion with his mom and dad who have passed away before. And it, I honestly, I'm genuinely happy for him because like I said, he's, he's lived a long, hard life and and it really is a beautiful thing to picture him in heaven with with our Savior. So with all of that said, I want to talk today about the gift of being present. Because obviously, with the passing of my dad, it has me reflecting on life and who I am, who I want to be, 
how I can grow, how I can improve, how I can change, how I can learn from this experience, what I can do better, what I can do differently. And it really makes all those cliche songs about, you know, hug a little longer, love a little sweeter, look a little deeper, just so true, so true. And I just want to share that with you today. I want to share that with you today. So in the last week of his life, he called me. And honestly, it was one of those beautiful, tender mercies from a loving father in heaven who knows me personally, who knows my brain. You guys know this by now. I am a to-do list person. I love my red fox, my clever fox planner. I love my to-do lists. I love time blocking. I love being organized. You know this, right? And I literally had something on my to-do list that had to do with my dad. Long story short, I needed to make sure he had gotten his Father's Day present, his books that had not arrived to his apartment or to his nursing home. I needed to make sure that after I had reordered them that they had actually arrived. And that was on my to-do list the week that he, the week that he died. And he called me on Monday about something else, about life insurance, actually. I was going to help him get his life insurance squared away um, over that weekend because we were already going to be up in Utah anyways. And we had a plan to meet together to do his life insurance and get that all squared away. And he was calling me to follow up for probably the 400th time to make sure I was still, in fact, coming that weekend to to do the life insurance with him. And honestly, I, I think he knew. I think he knew that something was coming. I think he could feel it spiritually um, because he literally called me probably once a week for three months about the life insurance thing. And um, so honestly, I wouldn't have called him back because I had already told him at least (laughs) 400 times. (laughs) Obviously, I'm exaggerating, but I probably wouldn't have called him back because I had already told him a lot of times that I would be there that weekend that I would help him with his life insurance, that we would get it squared away. But you guys, my father in heaven knows me. He knows my brain. He knows that I needed one more conversation with my dad. So guess what was on my to-do list? To call my dad and to ask him if his father's day presence had ever arrived. So I called him on Tuesday He called me on Monday about life insurance. I called him back on Tuesday. And of course, we chatted about life insurance too. But my main reason in calling him was to make sure he had gotten his Father's Day books. And yes, he had. And we had a conversation for seven minutes. Seven minutes. And I had no idea that it would be our last conversation on this side of the veil. But I'm so grateful for those seven minutes. I'm so grateful that my Father in Heaven knows me well enough to know that I needed that seven-minute conversation. And normally, he's the one that cuts us off and says, I'm sorry, I have to go. I got to get back on my oxygen. Um, I need someone, a nurse is here. I got to, you know, whatever. I got to go to physical therapy, whatever. He, he's typically the one that cuts our conversation short. But that day I was watching two other kids at my home and things were getting loud and crazy and whatever. And I, I told him, sorry, dad, I got to go this time because I'm watching 
I've got five kids at my house right now and it's just getting loud and crazy over here. So I'll see you this weekend. And I'm sorry, I don't want to get emotional through all this, but he hesitated. He normally he would have said something along the lines of, okay, sounds good. I actually got to go too because I got a da 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 da, right? But he, he kind of was quiet and he just said, okay, I'll see you this weekend. Bye, you know. And I wish, I wish that I had known that that would be the last time we would ever talk. Because I would have embraced the crazy. <laughs> I would have embraced the crazy of five kids to just talk with them a little longer. You know? And obviously, how many times have I shared the quote already? I can't go back and change anything. But I can go forward and change everything, right? So with all of that said, I just really want to encourage you and impress upon your heart and your mind to just love the people in your life. Tell your dad you love him. Tell your family you love them. Never miss an opportunity to hug your kids, to kiss your spouse, to just communicate how much you love them and how deeply you appreciate them because we truly never know. It is so cliche, but Brad Bizjack, the guy that I've had on before and my mindset coach and mentor, he he says all the time, cliches are important. They're cliches and we roll our eyes at them, but they're cliches for a reason because they matter. So we should really pay attention to cliches and really try to dig deep into them and pay attention to them because cliches are the wisdom and the treasures that if we really understand them, life will be so different, right? We really, truly never know when it's going to be someone else's time to go. And... I could share a million other things about the what-ifs and the what-ifs and the what-ifs, right? But that's not what this episode is about. I wanted to start with that story and then give you a few tangible takeaways to be more present with your kids. And you guys know, right? Please, 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 above all else, this podcast is called Grace Mama Grace for a reason. We can try and try and try our very best, but after all, we are human. We make mistakes. We get upset. We get impatient. We choose not to do the things that we feel compelled to do, and then we have regrets. We have disappointments. We have whatever, right? Above all else, mama, give yourself some grace and know that I'm not perfect at this either, obviously. (laughs) But I just want to give us all, myself included, some tangible takeaways for how to be more present in our kids' lives. But again, remember, above all else, grace, mama grace, okay? So the first thought I had with how we can be better at being present with our kiddos is I actually heard, I don't have any idea where anymore, but I I heard somewhere once, it may have been in my studies at Brigham Young University um, in early childhood education, I don't know, but I read somewhere once that the first 15 minutes 
of your child's day is very, very important. And the interaction that you have during that first 15 minutes will set the tone for the entire rest of the day. And if it's if they are met with, good morning, I love you, how was your sleep? If they're met with hugs and kisses and snuggles and let's go read a book or let's go play or let me make you some breakfast or whatever, then you will most likely, obviously life happens, but you will most likely have a pretty good day. But if instead the first 15 minutes of your interaction with your kids is met with, stop talking to me. I'm trying to sleep. Leave me alone. Right. And there's definitely kind ways that we can say, sweetheart, I'm still trying to sleep. Can you please give me a couple more minutes and then I'll, I would love to wake up and make you breakfast. Right. And again, you guys, I'm not claiming that I'm perfect at this. There's definitely those moments where I want to sleep in one day. And of course that's the day where my kids wake up a little earlier or whatever. And I am like grumpy pants at them. But knowing this has just made me more intentional and more aware around, especially that first 15 minute window to try to set them and myself up for a great day so that they know that they're loved, that I missed them while they were sleeping. And honestly, you guys, if you haven't listened to my podcast about Miracle Morning, it was one of the very first episodes I did. I think it was episode six. I would really encourage you to go back and listen to that because there is a reason I like to wake up at 4.30 in the morning because I like to have my cup filled before they wake up because my kids wake up at 5.45 typically so that I have an hour to myself to do my things, to set myself up for success. And then when they come down, I'm ready to hug them, love them, squeeze them, read to them, make them breakfast, whatever, right? So that's tip number one about how we can be more present in their lives and and just meet them with joy in every day. The second thing that I've been really pondering is just trying harder to say yes I am totally, totally guilty of being, I know I've talked about this before, but being the Martha in, in every situation, right? The one that's like, nope, I gotta, I gotta sweep. I gotta mop. I gotta fold laundry. I gotta do this for work. I gotta do that for someone else. I gotta do this. I gotta do this. I gotta go get ready. I gotta shower. I gotta, we gotta leave soon. I gotta, whatever, right? Like my to-do lists are never ending, (laughs) right? And I'm, I, ever since the passing of my dad, I've just been trying so much harder to just say, yes, mom, will you come help me? Yes, I will. And just set the thing down, walk over, help them. (laughs) Mom, do you want to come play with me? Yes, sweetheart. I do. I'm going to finish this dish and put it in the dishwasher and then I'll be right there. Or yes, I want to play with you. I'm going to set my timer for five minutes so I can finish folding laundry and then I'll come play with you when my timer goes off in five minutes, right? And then when it goes off in five minutes, like literally, truly going to play and not just, not just, oh sweet, they're distracted by something else now. Okay, whatever. I I won't play with them actually, right? But actually genuinely, hey, my timer just went off. Are you ready to play now? Right? So... Obviously, there are days that I, I really do have important things that are weighing heavily on me. And 
And my kiddo can wait in those moments. We, I did an episode just barely with Olivia Bardsley about teaching your kids how to play independently. And in those moments, sweetheart, I can't play with you right now, but let me get out some Play-Doh for you. And you can play with Play-Doh while I finish this, right? Or or getting out the the toys that you save for special occasions or setting them up with some beans and rice and letting them play and make a mess and wreak havoc and you can clean it up later, right? Or whatever. But I'm trying a lot harder to just say yes when they ask me for help, when they ask me if I want to play with them. Yes, sweetheart. Yes. And even if it's a yes, I do want to play with you. Give me ba-da-da-da-da amount of time. And then I'm so ready. Okay. And then being true to those words. Okay. Next thing that I wanted to share is there is so much power in getting on your kiddo's eye level. And honestly, this is one of my main major takeaways from being a kindergarten teacher, from working in preschools for so long with what I learned in early childhood education. Kids are so smart. They really are. And honestly, when we talk to four-year-olds like babies, when we're like, oh my goodness, you're so cute. How How old are you? Right? They like in one ear, out the other. Oh my gosh, I am not a baby. Right? And they really do appreciate when we speak to them normally. Do babies enjoy, that's called mother ease, when when we use those types of high-pitched voices and a lot of facial expressions, right? That's called mother ease. When we use mother ease with babies, it is very great because their hearing is not great, their eyesight is not great for a long time developmentally. But as soon as they pass basically that like, nine-month, one-year-old, 18-month-old threshold, they can see really well. They can hear really well. And the more we speak clearly and normally to them, the faster they will learn correct words. And in one of my favorite classes that I took in college, we actually learned that the way in which you speak to kids really does impact their speech development. And there was a study done with kids who loved the show Teletubbies growing up. I don't know if you remember that show, but I remember that show because my younger sister loved it and I watched it with her all the time. But they like, Tubby tested, Tubby tested, right? And they were saying, I don't even know what they were saying, honestly. I think they were saying Teletubby custard is what they were saying, but they were just calling it tubby tested, right? And they they saw that kids who watched Teletubbies actually had speech impediments, that they spoke incorrectly. Why? Because they're hearing it incorrectly, right? And so when we can use correct words with them, they will learn how to speak more clearly, earlier, and all of those things. And on that note, they also gain so much more from our interaction with them when we are on their eye level. Instead of talking down to them, like, hi, I'm up here and you're down there and I'm just talking down to you and I'm using this mother's voice, right? They feel like a baby. They don't even really want to listen to you because it's clear you don't necessarily respect them, so they don't really respect you. But when you get down on their level, like literally kneel or squat or whatever, when you get down on their level and look them eye to eye and use real words, oh my gosh, the interaction is so much greater, 
so much greater, especially when it's things that actually matter, when it's, when it's things that you truly genuinely want to communicate, you want them to understand. And same thing, vice versa. When you can tell that they're trying really hard to communicate something and you're not understanding them or, or they're slurring or they're overexcited or overworried or whatever, if you can get down on their level and really listen with your eyes, it makes such a huge difference in the communication. They feel like they're important. You feel like they're important, right? And in your own reactions and interactions with other people, don't you feel so much more heard and so much more validated when someone is actually looking at you, listening to you with their eyes and not looking off at something else or distracted by their phones or distracted by the bird that just flew by or the squirrel that just ran past or whatever, right? You feel so much more heard and validated when someone is looking at you in the eye. So I really just want to encourage all of us to listen with our eyes. And obviously, I don't spend 100% of my life in the squat position when I'm talking to my kids. There's a lot of times where I'm at the stove cooking dinner and I'm just talking to them and they're down and I'm up, right? There's a lot of, a lot of times where this does not happen. But... Again, just being aware of it, being conscious of it, especially in communication that actually matters. Okay. Okay. Next thing. There is a innate thing in us, especially when we're interacting with little kids, to parrot. And what that means is they say like, oh my goodness, I went to the movies yesterday. And we say, oh, you went to the movies yesterday? And then they say, yeah, I saw... Avengers. Oh, wow. You saw Avengers, right? And we're, we're parroting. Like we're literally just being a parrot, talking back at them, saying exactly what they just said. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I just said. Are you an idiot? Like, yes, that's what I said. Right. So instead of parroting, asking questions. So with that exact same example, I went to the movies this weekend Oh, you did? That's so cool. I love going to the movies. What movie did you see? Right? Our intention behind parroting is to help them know, I understood you. I heard you. I listened to you. I understood what you said. I'm going to repeat it back to you. But if we instead ask them questions about what it is, we communicate the exact same thing. I'm listening. I heard you. I'm interested. And I'm so interested that I'm going to continue this conversation, right? And then they can say, oh, I saw Avengers this weekend. Oh my gosh, I love Avengers. My favorite Avenger is Thor. Who's your favorite Avenger, right? And continuing the conversation instead of, oh, you saw Avengers this weekend, right? And just being very aware of the innate thing in us that we all have to parrot. Don't parrot. P-A-R-R-O-T, okay? Don't be a parrot. Don't fall victim to parroting your kids or, or little people in your life. Ask them questions instead. And, and this is not just little people, right? Like I, I say this as if all of our children are tiny like mine, but I know I have listeners out there who have older kids. And the same concept is true of teenagers, adult children, whatever, Right? We have the same tendencies a lot of times to, to parrot, but instead, if we can ask questions, if we, and not yes or no questions, not one word answers. I literally had this today with my, my 18 month old. She 
she woke up from, you know, sleeping last night and I always like to, how was your sleep? You know, but that's a one word answer. Good. And I can hear her. She, eh, you know, she doesn't say good yet, but she, eh. and I tell me all about your dreams. And then she'll, and I say, oh, wow, really? What happened after that? You know, like, I don't understand her, but we're having a conversation and she's learning the rules of conversing, even though she's only 18 months, right? I don't understand anything she just said about her dream, but I'm teaching her how to have a conversation. It's your turn. It's my turn. It's your turn. It's my turn, right? And listening and speaking and, and she can tell, like I just said, if I say like, was it scary? She'll, eh, right? Like she'll answer yes or no, right? I don't understand what she said, but she'll just do a little short, eh. And if I say instead, tell me all about it or what happened after that or something along those lines, she'll go, right? Like it's so adorable. It's so adorable. Okay. So you can do this no matter how old they are no matter how old they are. And when we genuinely take interest and listen with our eyes and ask questions, the conversation is so much deeper and we can truly be present in their lives, right? Okay, next thing I wanted to share is that multitasking really is impossible. I know we think we're superhuman and that we can do it, but we genuinely can't. Unless we are pairing something that is mindless with something that is, you need your mind for it, it is impossible. And so like, for example, if you are getting ready for the day and you've gotten ready a hundred million times, you don't require any thought to how you get ready because it's so habitual. Okay, then you can pair it with listening to an audiobook or listening to your Marco Polos and responding to people or listening to music or whatever, right? When you pair a mindless activity with a an activity that does require mindfulness, okay, then yes, you can multitask. But when you're trying to pair two activities that require you to be present and to be mindful, it is impossible. It is not possible. You fluctuate back and forth between the two activities, but really you're getting frustrated, right? Or am I alone in this, right? When I try to do two things that require mindfulness, I get so frustrated so fast. I lose my cool with my kiddos so quickly because I'm trying to multitask. I'm trying to get multiple things done. But if I could just stop and focus, then everything goes so much better. So like I said earlier, yes, sweetheart, I would love to play with you. Give me five minutes. I'll set my timer. I'll be right there. Versus yeah, I'll play with you while I finish this thing and trying to fold the laundry or whatever while I play. And then I'm getting frustrated with, with my kid because they want me to be more present than I am. And I want to just hurry and finish this laundry or whatever, right? If we can just be, be in the moment and stop trying to multitask. Unless, like I said, it's a mindless task with a mindful task. Otherwise, just give yourself permission to be present, to be mindful, to be there, to be there. Okay. Okay. Next thing I wanted to share is 
just the simple quote of, we were blessed with two ears and one mouth, meaning we should listen twice as much as we talk. I know that's easier said than done, especially for people like me who love the sound of their own voice. Hello, why do you think I have a podcast? (laughs) But it really is important to listen. It really is important to listen, to listen with our eyes, to listen with our hearts, to listen fully and in the moment and in the present and listen, listen. Okay, I want to leave you with a quote that I love. This actually comes from Master Ugwe in Kung Fu Panda, and he says, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. I love that. Be present in your kids' lives, in your spouse's life, in your family's life, in your significant other's lives. It's, especially with social media today, It's so crazy to me how we plan all these things to get together. Let's get together. And then when we finally are together, so many times people are not actually spending time together. They're glued to their phones. And is there a time and a place to, hey, I'm so sorry. I really got to respond to this message. Or, oh, I just thought of something. I got to jot this down real quick. Hello, mom brain. Yeah, I got to do that too. Or, hey, let's take a picture right? Because that's, that's actually something that I learned from one of my very good friends who lost her aunt is after, after her aunt suddenly passed away, that's what she shared was her major takeaway is that she had no pictures, no pictures with her aunt. And she, she was like, I'm going to, I'm going to start taking more pictures with the people that I love. And she said, you know, I think I was too guilty of trying to be present and in the moment that I just didn't even take any pictures. But now I regret that so much because I have nothing to look back on. I just only have the memories in my head, right? So obviously there's there's a harmony with this. Our phones are needed. Our phones are important. Our phones allow us to stay connected with the people we love. But don't let it turn into a My phone allows me to stay connected with the people I love. And then when I'm actually present with the people I love, I am connected with other people who I love and not actually with the person who I'm with. Right. And obviously, like I said, grace, mama, grace, there's a time, there's a season where we need our phones, but let's just be more aware. Let's be more aware of all of these things. Okay. So just a quick recap. That first 15 minutes when your kiddos wake up or your spouse wakes up or whatever, it's so important. Try to say yes more often. Try to say yes. Get on their eye level. Listen with your eyes and speak to your kids, especially your young kids, as if they are mature because they really are and they can understand more than you think. Stop parroting and ask them real questions with real interest, right? Stop trying to multitask. Be present and listen, 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 because we were blessed with two ears and one mouth. And one more time. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. I love you, my friends. Go be present with the people you love. And never, ever, ever miss an opportunity to share how much they mean to you.
because we never know. We never know. I love you, my beautiful friends. I'll see you next week. All right, you guys, that's it. Thank you for sticking around. If this message spoke to you today, please feel free to share it with someone you love. It would mean the world to me if you would leave this podcast a quick review from wherever you're listening from so that other mamas can find it too. Be sure to find me on Instagram so that we can be friends in real life. You can find me at Bryn Wise. Thank you for making the choice to become a mom. Thank you for loving your kids. Remember that you are doing better than you think you are. Remember to lean on your village. Remember the biggest contribution you make in this world might not be something you do, but someone you raise. And always remember to give yourself grace. Thank you.